welcome to The Conjunction with Nelia Tinga. The junction where worship, culture, and creativity meet. Welcome to The Conjunction Podcast, where worship, culture, and creativity meet. My name is Nelia Tinga. If this is your first time listening to this, welcome. This is a place where we like to discuss and answer questions with regards to worship and creativity and where culture intersects with Christ and the church. And so uh, feel free, feel free. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you have a voicemail app on your phone. Uh, Record your question or your comment and send it to conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, But today we have a special episode where uh, we actually, well, I actually interviewed a dear friend of mine from the United Arab Emirates. His name is Peter Isaac. He's a pastor in a church in Dubai. And so I wanted to hear from him and just let you hear from him with regards to worship. So he asks a question that I think a lot of us might ask from time to time. And then he gives us a little bit of wisdom as well. So without further ado, I'll introduce you to my dear friend, Peter Isaac. All right, everybody, I'm sitting here. We're at the Wheaton College cafeteria, so you're going to hear a lot of background noise, but that adds to the life of this podcast. Um, I'm sitting here with one of my really good friends. I've known him for years now. He's been on his own journey. I mean, he's an amazing worship leader and music director, but now he's moved into a more pastoral role. Uh, but I wanted to get his thoughts and even some questions with regards to worship and creativity and um, married to his beautiful white Candace, and I've got their... They're, they're young'uns, but I wanted to welcome to the podcast, uh, Peter Isaac. Hey Nelly, what's up everyone? Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, such an honor to do life with you, bro. Um, it's always great conversations to have around worship or generally this uh, life in the church with you. And a question that I want to throw out to you today is as a pastor, why do I need to make sure we have music and singing as part of our liturgy? What purpose does music play in the community that we come together on the weekends? And the second thing, as a pastor, I think I've always been swayed to feel people are engaged in worship because they're lifting, they're lifting up their hands, they're showing emotion. Is that the real measure of engagement in worship? Or is there something else that I should be looking for in the life of the worship in the church? Wow, great, great questions. Um, I've had those questions. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fully answer them, and maybe we'll throw it to you, the audience, as well, if you have any other thoughts. But here's my two cents. Music doesn't necessarily equate to what worship is fully. Um, The only place where we find an implicit definition of what worship is is in Romans 12, where it says, uh, you know, worship is uh, offering yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God as a response to the gospel. So, yeah, why do we have singing in our liturgy? Uh, number one, it's biblical. Uh, we look at the Psalms. We look at um, the way worship is described as well. Uh, when Solomon de- uh, dedicated the temple, the response was to sing or to cry out. And so you see that see that a number of times where uh, worship is equated or the response of, in worship is, is singing. Uh, so that would be... The first point is that it's biblical. Number two, it's something we can do together. If the Bible was clear about let's all do a spin cycle class together and we all had bicycles in the church, then because it's biblical and because we can all do it, then our churches would have uh, stationary cycles in them and we'd all lose weight, which might be a good thing. (laughs) You know, trimming up the temple of the Lord. Uh, But yeah, so those are the two main things. I honestly feel like God likes it when we sing. 
he, he encourages us to make joyful noises to the Lord. Um, the last two Psalms talk a, a lot about, you know, singing and playing. And so I think it's what he wants. And uh, if he wants it, that's how we should respond. Whether we're in key, uh, you know, that's all good. Like, I, I think that's it's because he wants it. So those would be the three things just off the top of my head, why we would have it in the liturgy. Now, where it's placed and all that, it doesn't necessarily, because uh, just before we got on the podcast, um, I think some of the traditions we have can change. So I grew up in a church with hymns, and so we'd space the hymns out uh, throughout the service. So it wasn't all at the beginning, like a lot of our contemporary expressions have the worship at the beginning. In fact, in my church, uh, we have what you call the quote-unquote worship uh, at the, as a response to the word. So we actually have it on the back end. Just, you know, we're, we're often trying to think of, I'm an unchurched person and I walk into the church service and what I see in the church when I walk in is people lifting their hands and crying and that's my first expression. I, I can, I can um, detract. So, so what we do at the beginning is, is, is try to make them feel welcome to, and welcome them into their worship experience. Then as the, the message or the word is talked about, then it makes, it makes sense to worship at the end uh, with song um, because we've talked about him and this is the way and I usually explain it or one of my leaders will explain it now we're going to go uh, in response to this this word or this message let's let's take uh, enter into a time of of singing worship and so that where you put it that's it's just got to make sense uh, I mean it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be at the beginning bring the second question back again uh, I've forgotten my brain's just gone the second question was uh Usually when we look at, when we talk about worship and people being engaged in worship, we relate it to the lifting up of hands, ah, yeah. showing physical emotions. Should that be the only measure that our worship leaders and our leaders should be looking for, or is there something else? What we see at times is the over-accentuation on emotion in worship, and then on the other side of the spectrum, non-emotion <laughs> in worship. Uh, I think that worship should be done with all of your being, and that includes your emotions. In my okay, I'm, this is this is real real talk now. When I was a much younger worship leader, I'm I'm getting older now, but when I was a much younger worship leader, just getting started, I would measure the success of my worship set by the number of hands lifted, and uh, as if they were volunteering to give me a point. <laughs> oh, my hands lifted. Can I get two? Can I get two hands? The two, four hands over there. Four hands under the fire. Sold. Uh, so that, that, that's kind of, uh, and, and then 10 points for if I can get people to cry, uh, which points sometimes, and we need to be careful because sometimes we can equate or measure worship. You should not measure worship in and of itself. It's either you do it or you don't do it. it there's not like a rating on it. You cannot quantify worship. You can't, you can't quantify or measure it. Either you're on the altar and you're laid as a sacrifice or you're not on the altar. So part of that is emotions, and I think it should stir an emotional response. Uh, but as a worship leader, you shouldn't equate the success of your worship set to how emotionally moved people are. Because often we, look, there are, there are people that sing music that's not necessarily glorifying to God, that moves people emotionally. But what you're after is, a, is, is creating the, the environment, the, the altar for people to come and offer themselves as a living sacrifice. So the objective is for people to offer themselves as a living sacrifice. I actually love it when God moves so strongly that people give their lives to Christ in the middle of a set, you know? I, I'm looking for those moments where Christ is so 
evident and the gospel is advanced, even in worship, that can happen too. So I think that's the objective. I think it should encourage us as worship leaders to be a lot more missional as well uh, with regards to a genuine compassion for our, the area where our churches are. And even more so, the congregation that comes on a Sunday, like we should actually love them. <laughs> and so we see the opportunity to serve them and uh, offer, offer um, the, the, the platform of an altar for them to, to lay their sacrifice down. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Any, any other thoughts? You, you had some thoughts. I know you got some thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I found that very interesting. Um, and I think that's a constant reminder that we always have. Um, I think um, sometimes we have seen how we fall into the temptation of choosing songs that can move people emotionally. Yeah. It connects to people personally, but there is no sense of sacrifice. That it's not a God-centered song. It's an emotion and a feeling-centered song. And if we can jerk a few tears... Uh, it feels good, uh, but I guess that's a good reminder for anyone leading worship on the weekend. It's not about just moving the emotion, but it's about bringing people to a place of sacrifice because they're in awe of the one that they are worshiping, and that's such a great reminder. Thanks for that, Nelly. You know, continue to pray for the church there in Dubai. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Pete. Here's what we're enjoying right now, because sharing, sharing is caring. Is caring. So on every episode, I like to share what I'm enjoying right now. But on this episode, I'm going to share what I'm about to enjoy and what I'm enjoying right now. In the sense that I've been enjoying for quite some time this trailer for this movie that I've been dying to see. And the movie has come out just this weekend. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I will get to a theater because I think it's a must-see in a theater. Um, It's already out on iTunes. If you're listening to this in the US, it's already out on iTunes, so you can get it on iTunes. But my first exposure, I've kind of held off because it's just come out here in Australia. I want to see it in a theater. And that is the movie Amazing Grace, which features a gospel concert by the Queen of Soul herself, uh, Aretha Franklin, backed by Reverend James Cleveland, the King of Gospel. And this was Aretha in her heyday. This was Aretha at her best. And, uh, you know, the reason why I want to hear it in a theater and see it in a theater is because uh, I want to hear those vocals, those shrill, beautiful, soulful vocals uh, in a theater because I don't quite have that sound system in my house and uh, just to experience it. Now, you know, based on the conversation that we've just had with Peter and emotionalism and worship, um, again, when somebody is anointed and you are looking at somebody who is doing something beautiful that they were created and anointed to do. Uh, it is, it's just a glimpse of the beauty of God working through a person. And so I'm looking forward to checking out Aretha Franklin 
and this 40-year-old concert, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to release this concert footage and they've just managed to release it now. A lot of it had to do with the way it was filmed. Uh, they weren't able to sync the audio with the, the video along those lines with the production. And then there was permission from Aretha as to whether to release, release it or not. They finally managed to produce it in such a way where the estate of Aretha Franklin was, ha was happy with the production. And I believe it's going to be in the running for being probably the best documentary. It's not really a documentary, it's a concert film, but it will be among the best this year. Uh, so go ahead, go see it. I'd love to hear what you think if you get to see Amazing Grace featuring Aretha Franklin. Yeah, go see it in theaters now if you're here in Australia, New Zealand. Um, otherwise, you can get it on iTunes. Um, but let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what you think. But that's what's up this uh, episode. Please do tune in. I've got another special guest coming in uh, next week as well. We want to answer your questions with regards to worship and creativity and culture, all of that good stuff. So if you have any questions, um, use your voice memo app and record a message and then send it to me at conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. Com. A massive shout out again to my friend Peter Isaac uh, out there at our Every Nation Church in Dubai. And if you're ever out there, please do go ahead and visit that church. Shout out to the whole pastoral team out there. God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Thanks for joining for this episode. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Our heart is to serve. So if the conjunction has been a blessing to you, you can help by sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on iTunes so that the people who might be served by the conjunction can find it. You can interact with Nelly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be inspired to create something great because he is.